Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Right, it is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way till three o'clock today, leading up some Phillies baseball. After that, Yoey, what up, man? How you doing, pal? Doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, two two thoughts actually off the top. First, it's it's good to be back in the studio with you. Number yes, one, yes, different, Th- technically different studios. Right, you know, we're different studios. Abundance of caution here, but did, did the solo show last Wednesday? Yeah, was, how about yeah. that? It was fun. It was fun, and I, our guy going yeah. big time. It's like watching your kid go off to uh, <laughs> to school. But no, it was it was fun, and I appreciate everyone that called. But there's just nothing like Go Birds Radio, so I'm very excited to be back. And the other thing is, there's so much drama going on with this team. You almost forget that two weeks from today, the draft will essentially be over. Yeah, they'll have made their first their their picks in the first, second, and third round. We'll be in the middle of the later round, so it'll be it'll be you know Howie's biggest draft ever. So. A lot going on, man. I'm excited to, to talk to the people. Me too. And let, let's get into it because, like you said, we are less than two weeks away from the first round of the NFL draft, and you're starting to feel the juices a mm-hmm. little bit. We're starting to talk about who's going to be the pick at 12. We're talking about trade up, Elliot. There's all trade kinds of action in the air. What, where are you at right now with the NFL draft and the Eagles mm-hmm. and, and, and generally speaking the 12? So the report that they're looking to trade up, First, I would say that the Eagles' job right now and the team and the job of every team in the NFL is to talk to every other team and see what it would cost to move up. Like, the Eagles should be having a discussion with pretty much every team outside the top three, like even the fourth pick, just to see what what could happen. You know, if, if, if draft night comes and the player that the Falcons won it for isn't there for whatever reason, you know, what it would cost. So that's what the Eagles are doing. They're talking to every team laying out different scenarios so that on draft night, when they go on the clock and they only have 15 minutes, I think it is 15, 12 minutes, to make a decision, they have the beginning of these discussions made. So I am sure that the Eagles are indeed talking to every team in the top you know, 11, you know, uh, from picks 4 to 11, about what it would cost to trade up. And I'm happy that they are. Because there is going to be, in my opinion, an opportunity to trade up and get one of these guys that they could have gotten at 6. When you look at how the board is breaking down, I believe that the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks, obviously. I think there's a decent shot that number four is a quarterback. I think you could see a team trade up 
to number seven or eight to take a quarterback. And the result is going to be guys that they could have got at six are going to be available at seven, eight, nine, those type of the, 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 that area of picks. And if you can go from six to 12 and collect a first round pick and then go from 12 to nine and trade a third or go from 12 back to seven and trade a future second, that is excellent maneuvering by them. And I think that they should do it if they have the opportunity. There are guys I believe that are worth trading up for. I would trade up for Kyle Pitts. I would trade up for Jamar Chase. I would trade up to make sure I, I secure Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddell. I think now that you've collected that extra first, you you can pay a little more to move back up. Because, again, in 2022, you're going to have three first-round picks. Like, that's huge. Your second-round pick in 2022 isn't as valuable to, to the – to you to the Eagles as it is in other years because you are picking three times in the first 32 most picks. likely most likely correct so I, I I think that exploring moving up is absolutely the right thing to do I hope they do it I think there's a good chance they will and I think things are breaking their way yeah uh, I don't know if things are breaking their way yet or not it, you know it's so hard to know all these mock drafts all this stuff every year we remember when the draft finally happens like oh they all know nothing yeah. like it's all you know, Andre Dillard <laughs> yeah, right Andre exactly we see it every year someone who's a top 5 pick goes in the 20s this and that in the drafts all that stuff so i, I don't know how it's breaking yet but look I, with your general premise if they can go back to 12 pick up a first round pick and use less than a first round pick to move back up and get a guy they would have wanted at 6 yeah i, I think that is a uh, a good try. Look, if they, and it depends on the guy, right? Like, if per chance a quarterback goes at four, and then let's say a quarterback, or no, yeah, Panay or Panay Sewell goes, goes at five, or someone trades up, but Panay Sewell goes at five, and then Kyle Pitts goes six, and all of a sudden Jamar Chase is on the board at seven, and you could trade up with Detroit and still get Jamar Chase and not give up a first to do that, which I don't know if you'd be able to or not. It's almost essentially the same trade up to sixes, but granted, they got really good value for that right. trade. So, like, look, if they end up with Jamar Chase and, and a higher pick than they gave up to get it, yeah, I'll be like Howie Roseman. Well done, sir. Well, let me throw you Amazing, sir. I just, I don't see Jamar Chase being there in a spot where they can trade up for. And if it's a guy like Waddle, a guy like Smith, like, I, I like those guys. I do. I just don't know if they're, they're if A, that they won't be there at 12, and B, if they're better than a guy like Patrick Sertain, who can maybe take it to mm-hmm. So, one of the reasons I love the draft processes. I love hypotheticals. I love talking through what could happen, yes, yes. what you would do in this situation. So I have a hypothetical. I have not asked you this yet. I will throw it by you now. Let's say draft night comes. Quarterbacks go with the first four picks. Panay Sewell goes five. Kyle Pitts goes six. The Eagles trade up. The, the, sound, the, the, the alarm goes off. The Eagles have traded up. The Eagles have traded up to number seven. To go up from 12 to seven, they have traded the, pick, the first round pick that they got from Miami but they get Jamar Chase at six. I mean, at seven. What's your reaction? I'm fine. All I ever wanted was Jamar Chase or right. Kyle Pitts. That's all I ever wanted in this draft. It's all I've wanted the whole time. Like, I'm cool with it. I mean, it, it's silly. It feels silly that they did that because they had, could have had their choice well, of Pitts almost, or Chase at yeah. that six pick if they had not traded back. So it would be silly to me. But if I come out of this draft with the guy I wanted at six to begin with, I'm not going to mm. be as upset about the trade back. It just seems like wasted effort. In my well, mind. I think that there's something to be said if you trade back and then you're because you don't think someone's going to be there, and then he is, and you're able to go back up and get it and basically break even. I think that's the same thing. But regardless, that's one of that is one of the things I liked about the trade back is it does give you a lot of options and the ability to maneuver around. So I think that's what you're seeing with the with the reports that they're looking to get back into the top ten. I, see, they they, are, they have the ability to do that fairly easily. It just feels like these reports feel like to me, Howie, 
getting this value way ahead of the draft, which, you know, I didn't love the idea of making this trade a month and a half before the draft to begin with. You don't know who's going to be where. You don't know what value you're actually yeah. giving up and all that. And I know they got quote-unquote good value, but again, I'm, I want a blue-chip player in this draft. My worry is this feels like a Howie going back to 12 and then realizing, whoops, I may have gone too far back for the guys I want. The way this is playing, I never thought the Giants would take a wide receiver. Oh, 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 everyone's saying they're going to take Smith. Everyone's saying they're going to take Waddle. Uh Uh-oh, what do we do now? Like, it feels a little panicky to me. It could be. It could be. I ultimately will see how it plays out on draft night. But I think that if they can end the if they can end the first round with a wide receiver of either Chase, Waddle, or Smith, that's a good ending to that draft. I, I think and the closer this draft gets, the more uh cemented I become in this. They have got to go receiver here. Ooh. He's gonna be a receiver is gonna be the best player on the board, right? And they need this team badly needs help on offense. Look, a good defense it helps the offense. I understand that. A good cornerback helps the defense becomes better, which means offense has to score less points. I get that. But ultimately, this team is going to be really good again when their offense is really good again. They're not going to become a 10-11 win team every year because they have a great defense. That's just not how the league is set up. They need to get an offensive player to help Jalen Hurts, to help Nick Sirianni. They have to do what they didn't do for Carson, right? Early on in Carson's career, they gave him some weapons, but ultimately, now that you look back at the five years Carson was here, he never had that dominant number one receiver unless you want to count Zach Ertz as that. But this is their chance to do that. And I understand they took Reger in the in the 20s, and they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the second round. That's not a top 15 receiver. That's not a top 12 receiver. That's not going back into the top 10 and taking one. I want them to draft somebody that Jalen Hurts can build with and you know grow with, like become become a one-two duo in the city together. They and I think that's that should be their number one priority. As much as I get that Patrick Sertain is good and I get J.C. Horn has some you know attractive qualities as a prospect, give me Jalen Waddle, give me Devonte Smith, go back up and get Jamar Chase and get that number one receiver on the outside that's going to threaten opposing defenses. Well, you know I'm I'm obviously don't disagree with you. It, holistically, I want Jamar Chase more than anyone else. I would have said before, Devontae yeah. Smith, if, if he's there at 12, I would absolutely take him. I like Jalen Waddle, but I have come around on Patrick Sertain. Okay. And I, I love those wide receivers, but the more you look into Sertain, the more you read about him, the more you watch him, like, man, this guy seems like a can't-miss cornerback. And, and John Ritchie was talking about it yesterday, and it's something that I love across sports, but... You know, the, the kids are players. Like, the guys, that guy was a Pro Bowl cornerback, his dad. Like, if you're talking about technique, you're talking about understanding well, how to play Rager, position. Rager was a... But Monte Rager wasn't a wide receiver. We're talking about a dad of a guy who played that exact same position True. and can show him exactly how to play that position the best possible way you can. Like, and and the numbers at Alabama, the, the team's not throwing to his side. Like, the... All that type of stuff, I, I have I have come around. If Patrick Sertain is the pick, I'm I'm happy with Patrick Sertain. But my concern with corner is, and again, with the acknowledgement that a good defense helps the offense, is it just feels like a corner can disappear in the game more, right? Like, let's say they t- they draft J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain. I could see going, like, weeks on end without really talking about that guy. And in some ways, that's good. You know, if they're not targeting him, you're, you're cutting off one side of the field. I understand that. But I need somebody 
that on offense is each week I'm going, wow, like get the get the ball in that guy's hand. Like, wow, another great play by Jalen Waddle. Devonta Smith, once again, eight catches, 110 yards. Like, I need someone that I I, I can control the impact they have. I, I, I don't want someone on defense where the opposing offense can just scheme him out of the game. And I get the and again but with I, Slay on the other side, it's harder to do that. It is, but at the end of the day, the other team is, is in a lot of ways controlling how much of an impact that guy has. I need someone that with that isn't with my control about how much they impact the game. And I need it to be on the offensive side of the ball. Look, there's been a lot of talk this week about Jeffrey Lurie's involvement and how he really wants to throw the ball. And we can go down that 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 we can go down that road if we want to discuss that. But ultimately where I come down on is Lurie is right about that. Like you win by throwing the ball in the NFL today. And it's going it's gonna be more important for the Eagles to turn this around with a great passing game than it is with a great defense. And what helps a great passing game? Great receivers, impact guys, Justin Jefferson type players that can come in and make that type of impact. And when you're using an asset that is this this important, like a top twelve, a top fifteen pick, the number twelve overall pick, you have got you have got to get an impact player. And I'm just worried that a corner won't have the same impact as a receiver. Will. I agree. You have to, like we've said this before. Ultimately position agnostic like they just have to be a great player yeah ultimately it really doesn't matter what what position is as long as that player is awesome as long as that player is a blue chip guy for you for years to come at a cheap salary like that's it that's the most important thing hitting on the pick and I get your argument for that I will say though and and Richie made a good point thinking about this division right now and thinking about these teams in this division that doesn't impact my serious weapons going on every team like you got to stop these teams too and look, again, I'm not I'm not saying I wouldn't take Sertain over over those wide receivers. Like I would still take the wide receivers. I just don't think it's as I don't think it's worth trading up to get one of those wide receivers if I could still get Sertain at twelve. I might say at twelve and take Sertain it's just, in that case. After watching Darius Slay last year, and I think Slay had a very good year. He certainly had those two games where he struggled versus DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams. Again, those are you know, probably both top five receivers, if not both top three, four receivers. So he struggled against them. But Darius Slay had a very good year last year, and it almost didn't matter at all, right? I mean, the defense was still bad. The team was still bad. They struggled to score. Like, the Eagles were bad last year because their offense was terrible. That's what they need to fix first. It, it seems counterproductive to me to hire an offensive head coach, right? Talk about how much how important the quarterback is, and then to not get him any weapons. So, again, like, to your point, if they whoever they drafted 12, first of all, Whoever they drafted 12 better be out there on the first snap in week one. I don't want to hear anything about, you know, well, he's a backup defensive end, but we rotate them or, you know, that type of thing. Whoever it is has got to play snap one week one, both because, A, they better be good enough that they should be out there. But, B, I don't care if they are or not. They could have the worst training camp in the world. Next year is about developing these guys and getting them out there. So whoever it is better be out there. But ultimately – the end of the day, I'm looking to help the offense before the defense. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you come down this? Do you, as we get close to the draft, of course, the funny thing is, I'm sure in two weeks, Elliot and I are going to be talking about the undersized edge rusher that they ended up taking, and and I how, would go, how, how how he has still not drafted someone from Alabama. I know your biggest pet peeve. Uh, but. Like I, I, all I'm going to say, certain Waddle Smith. Like unless you get Chase or whatever. Like like. If if you don't take one of these guys and you take a Quiddy Pay and you take a Jalen Phillips or you take a whoever or JC Horn even, I a hundred percent fully will believe that Howie will never draft an Alabama player because it is a thing. It is real. Yeah, look, a uh, hundred and. 
15, I think, Alabama players have been drafted since the Eagles took one. 150, <laughs> 156, think about that. 156 straight draft picks by the Eagles since they took one. Think about that. Yeah, so it, it is wild. And to your point, I mean, at number 12 this year, there's a very good chance the best player on the board is going to be from Alabama. Yeah. And, and I understand that if you get to 12 and things haven't broken your way and all the pass catchers are gone and, and those things that, you know, a corner might be the best player on the board. But I would honestly almost go – I would almost take Quiddy Pay over these corners. Wow. I would I would consider I would not, I'd but... consider taking Micah Parsons, honestly. I, I I just again, corners help. I'm not disputing that, but I've just I've seen it too easy where great corners, like you don't hear of them for weeks. And I, I just need somebody that I can control each week them being an impact player. Like Micah Parsons, I can control, you know, using him in creative ways, doing those type of things. I just don't have the faith that a corner will come in here and have the same same impact as other positions. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Offense or defense? Corner, wide receiver, and and trading up. Where do you stand? How would you feel if on draft night, all of a sudden, after trading back to twelve, we're watching how he trade back up to seven or trade mm-hmm. up to nine and what it costs? Where would you stand with that as well? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's start it where we do every Saturday at this time in Abington with our good buddy Tom. Yo, Tom. Hey, yo, fellas. How we doing today? What up, man? How you doing? All right, so a couple disclaimers off the get-go. Last night I took down a fifth of Grey Goose, so I may be <laughs> off my game a little bit. <laughs> so you're struggling a little today. A little bit, a little right. bit. It um, happens and, to the best of us, Tom. Yes, yes, sir. And and also, I realize the premise of my entire call is ridiculous, okay? Perfect. So that's not lost on me, What right? else is new, Tommy? <laughs> that's the premise of a, lot of, of a lot of my takes, too, so we're on the same page. There you go. All right, so I'm going off the, uh, the uh, premise that Howie Roseman has multiple personalities okay? okay so i've i've now down five different personalities of howie and depending uh which one shows up on the 29th that's going to dictate what he does with the 12th pick okay. all right lay it on us. so first one chalk howie right just regular chalk howie doesn't surprise anybody he stays at 12 he takes an o-lineman or a d-lineman either slater tucker i don't know jalen phillips maybe um that wouldn't shock anybody right right yeah agreed two nepotism howie Okay, he trades back out of the first round, acquires more picks, and with his first pick in the second round, he takes Asante Samuel Jr. Wow, okay. <laughs> that would be quite the uh, quite the outcome of the Thursday night. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, we they had the sixth pick of the draft, and their first pick is in the second round. That would be something. It'd, It'd be, be something unbelievable. It okay. Would be. It would be. Third one, self-preservation, Howie. Which is okay. the, the go-to, Howie, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. He's going to trade back, okay, um, acquiring more uh, picks for the future, which just furthers his tenure with the birds, right? It's self-preservation. Yeah, we've seen um, him do it once already this draft. It's, it's exactly skill. what he did 6-12, to 12, right? Yep. Okay. Fourth, this might be my favorite one. Smartest guy in the room, Howie. Oh. Know so that he, one. Everyone's favorite tra- version of Howie. Yes, yes, the yeah, number right. one version. Yeah. Total, uh, everyone loves it. Yes. He trades back up to the top four, okay, and then acquires Trey Lance. And, yes, the city would burn if oh, that man. happens. Okay. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine it? No. Um, okay, no, I so can't. The fifth it's, one, it's too weird. The fifth one, I'm going to borrow something from John Ritchie. It's the Halfrey personality right so he just follows jeffrey's lead because jeffrey believes he's a scout even though he's not he's the owner he's not a scout thinks Mm -hmm. he is and they select jc horn because jeffrey fell in love with him even though the correct pick 
Patrick Sertain II is still on the board, creating the 2021 version of the Justin Jefferson <laughs> slash Jalen Rager debacle. Sadly, that feels like the most likely one to me. That's why I saved it for last. You know, I'm surprised you didn't include kick it down the can, kick it down the road, Howie. Kind of like self preservation, yeah, similar. Howie. Maybe more catchy. Yeah, same name. thing. And he's yeah. already done both of them. Well, let me so. ask you this real quick. So, who who's the guy you want the most? Like, if Sertain. you could, Sertain. Okay. Yeah, I, that's I think Sertain's going to be good. But man, I just you look at these receivers, like to get the chance at Waddle Smith. I just I I yeah, want but, this offense to get a weapon. But the one thing that they've shown me when it comes down to receiver is no matter who they pick, it's the wrong receiver. Well, corner hasn't been much better either, right? I mean, Sidney Jones, Not Rasul, since the Andy Reid years. Touche. Now, to, Touché. You know, it's going to be hard to find any position outside of, like, yeah. late-round tackle. <laughs> late-round offensive linemen, yeah. But, so yeah. the one thing is for sure, I'm pretty sure that Howie's going to screw it up. Thanks for your time, fellas. Tommy, Have a, a ple- good weekend. pleasure as always. Try man. to uh, survive the rest of the day yeah. after that, yeah. that night. It's a man. tough one, man. We've all been there. Man, I know I'm getting old because hearing like a fifth of Grey Goose, I almost getting nauseous just thinking about I it. I know I'm getting old because I always get a hangover no matter what nowadays. Yeah, so it's good well, times. Good I'm times. excited to be here with you, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't have a hangover right now. I feel no, great. Me <laughs> either, right. 215-592-9494. Where do you stand? The draft is less than two weeks away. The first round is a week from this upcoming Thursday. It's time to hone in. Who do you want at 12? You want a wide receiver or a cornerback? Do you do you think there's a big difference like Elliot does between that and trading back up? Like this idea that is is floating around. There are rumors. It's there. Can you? How would you feel if Howie trades back from six, then up again, potentially giving up as much capital as he got? I doubt yeah. that would happen, but that is on the table. Two one five five nine two. 9494 it's Elliot it's James it's Go Birds Radio and let me remind you that no one does live in game play by play betting better than Park Sportsbook app my sportsbook app of choice baseball is back golf is in full swing sign up now you can bet live on baseball golf pro hoops hockey and more they have an incredible offer to get you in on the action as a new customer you can make your first bet risk free up to $500 the Park Sportsbook app the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all live in game betting, which is a wild ride. It is super fun. Parlays, props, teasers, and more. You can bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, hockey, baseball. You can get points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything and everything that you can think of is here. You can bet on futures. You can bet on who's going to win the, the title in football. You can bet on who's going to win the title in baseball. You can bet on win totals in football. There's anything you can think of, and the app is easy. It's fun to use. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Again, here's the deal. New customers only. You can sign up now. Get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Your first bet risk-free of up to $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Again, that's P-A-R-X, casino.com, slash P-A, and use our promo code GOBIRDS. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. See the website for terms and conditions. It's GoBirds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. That's right, Phillies baseball coming up uh, 4 o'clock today, leading off at 3. Can I drop a quick Phillies take Cardinals? on you? Oh, my God, that's, that's the reason I'm here. I know it's GoBirds Radio, but let's pretend it's High Hopes Radio for a second. <laughs> so everybody's so mad about the center field spot and the A spot in the lineup. And I get that. Like, uh-huh. they have not played well. But to me, it's a little bit like blaming the guard spot when Carson was struggling last year. 
Like, if you look at what Harper, Real Muto, Bohm's been good at times, Hoskins cooled off a little. But, like, that's why the team hasn't been as good because those guys all went ice cold. Like, I can't sit here and say, man, they've got to address the center field spot when the guys that you're paying to carry the team have really struggled. No, I, I generally agree that that the the offense as a whole is is has been the issue so far. I'm just I'm not worried about that. Like I think those guys will hit. I yeah, think Harper will hit. Right. I think Romuto and Romuto has been good actually. But like I think all those guys, boom. Like I'm not worried but about in it. The Met series moving they were like down the they were. They I were agree. Bad, yeah. I, that's the reason they lost five of six and all that. But moving forward, like if you want to compete with the Mets and the Braves and you want to be a p- real playoff team, like. You have to have better center field spot. You have to. You yeah, have and to it's be an important position too, yeah. which matters. Well, but. defensively as well, but also it's just like you can't have back-to-back pitchers in the lineup. It's just that it's has been High game. Hopes Radio, brought to you by the two baseball <laughs> men at the station. <laughs> That's right, damn straight. All right, let's talk Eagles. Two one five five nine two, ninety four ninety four. Talk and draft. It is pretty wild. It's kind of snuck up on us a little bit, you know, yeah. with all the turmoil. The drama, the stuff you don't want to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, the not fun stuff. Let's talk about the fun stuff, which is the draft. We're going to have new players that we get to root for for the next few years and get to love and get excited about, hopefully. Kind of like you and Jalen Rager. I was just about to say, unless they are Jalen Rager. How right. about that? 205 Let's go back out to the phones and talk to our buddy in Tennessee. What up, feller? What's happening, fellas? How you doing? It's fine, sir. What up, man? Good to hear your voice. Hey, how you doing, E-Man? I hope you had a good show the other night. I wanted to call in, dude, but that's the Philly Post game. I couldn't stay up, man. <laughs> I was, I yeah, wore Philly, out, but, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, plus, it was an ugly game for the Phillies, too. But it was fun. You know, yeah, not, not as fun as yeah. GoBirds Radio, but it was it was good to uh, to do a solo shift every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I, I was wanting to call in and give you some love. But, hey, I, I shouted you out on Twitter. Yep. Let you know I was here for you, brother. I appreciate but anyway, that. Uh, draft takes. I, I've got a ton. But Perfect. one thought that I have, I've, I've – I've always said SEC, you know, yeah. I mean, we all know that that's where 75% of the best players in college are, you know. Yep. Maybe a little less, but, I mean, it is by far the best conference in college football. Yeah, easily. Uh, I would be fine with Sertain. I, I would if, if they had, if they stayed at 12. I don't think Sertain would fall to them at 12. I'm worried about that too, Justin, especially with Dallas at 10. I mean, they need defense in the worst way. You never know. Well, it's Jerry, I, but I don't think there's any way both corners are on the board. One of them's going to go, and I think, sir, I, well, despite the buzz, I think Sir Tame will go ahead. Of I do too. Yeah, I, I think Dallas and the Giants both need need help at defense. But yeah. my thought is, like, the Bengals would be crazy not to take a tackle, especially after what happened to Burrow. A hundred percent agree. We all agreed. think this kid's going to be great. He he, you can get this is a deep receiver class. They could get Terrence Marshall in the second round. And they, they have they, and they have T. Higgins and Boyd. Like they're they've got right. good receivers on top of that too. Exactly. You know, I, I would definitely if I'm the Bengals go offensive line. I think there are four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks. But what if now this is just a hypothetical. So what if they do get certain at twelve or trade up with Denver or or the Panthers, you know, at, at eight or nine and get certain? What if Caleb Farley falls to him in the second round? Would they be mm. too afraid after what happened with Sidney Jones' injury thing? To I mean, Caleb Farley was a top, you know, he was considered the number two, possibly even number one corner yeah. coming into this draft. Yeah, it's great. And look, we up. all remember the Lido Sheldon draft. Like, that set the exactly. Eagles up for years. Now, the one, difference, my the one difference I would say is 
if I'm not mistaken, the Caleb Farley injury is a little further back, right? I mean, Sidney Jones' injury happened at his pro day. It so, happened at his pro day, yeah. Yeah, so I— And also, look, I, I think the one difference we could say off the top, I don't think there is a worse injury that you can have as a cornerback in football than tearing your Achilles. Like, that is about as bad as it gets. I mean, a back injury is not it's ideal. It's not though. great. No, yeah. I'm not I'm not minimizing the back injury, but a, right. a torn Achilles is, is really tough to come back from. But to position. your question, Justin, I do think that the Sidney Jones experience would haunt them a little in terms of if they're sitting there in the draft room and this guy falls and their medical staff is saying— yeah, I would trust it. Like, I do think they would still be hesitant after how poorly the Sidney Jones thing went. Yeah, and another thing, I know you've, you've been adamant, and I am as well. Whoever this first pick is has to be on the field yep. starting day one, snap one. Yep. I would go as far as say if they stay at 37, you know, if they don't shake things up and jump back into the first, whoever their first two picks are, I think should be on the field. A hundred percent. Snap one, because in that, like I said, this is another deep, Receiver class, you've got Terrence Marshall, Kadarius Tony, Amari Rogers. There's some big time receivers out there that could be had in the second round if they go certain in the first. Yeah, or you but, could trade back up. You could trade up from 37 exactly. if Kadarius Tony is still well, there. Well, again, and 37 is like, I mean, it's almost a first round pick. Like right. it's not far. Exactly. Like it is a high value pick that second round pick. It's it's what the fifth pick in the second round. Yeah, exactly. It's a high value pick. So. I, I would love to see them get certain. I would have no problems whatsoever. Uh, one more thing, and I'll let you boys go. Uh, Dagon Kumar Rocker looked tough Ooh, last night against buddy. I, I don't know which one's better. I really don't. I think Kumar will be the first pick in the draft, but they're both amazing, him and Jack Leiter. Well, Jack Leiter is phenomenal. But uh, Another guy I was talking about before, another another guy whose dad did it, could teach him all yep. the technique, all the all that stuff. So. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm telling you, tickets for, for one game this weekend, it's a three-game series. Tickets are going for 300 bucks. That's pop. wild, man. I've never seen anything like that in college baseball. But That's anyway, really wild. Hey, uh, one more thing, and I'll let you go, Eve. I don't know mm. if you have HBO Max or not, but there's oh, yes. a Tina Turner documentary oh. that just came on HBO Max. Awesome. If you want to see who was Beyonce before there was Beyonce, mm. watch this documentary. I'll definitely this, check it, it out. It is phenomenal. But, hey, guys. You know my thing. You keep doing yours, I'm going to keep listening. Love you, boys. I love you, Josh. Thanks, brother. Yeah, when you guys were talking those names at the second, I'm like, you have no idea. Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are going to be the first. Baseball. You're talking baseball. They are going to be the first two picks in the Major League Baseball draft. Without question, it has been like since Strasburg. We have not had two pitchers coming into a draft where it was like these guys are on the same team? On the same team in college. Oh, wow. Pretty wild. On the, wild. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Maybe Both Eagles should just draft one of them at twelve. Dude, well, the fun, Kumar Rocker's dad yes, is on Eagles the Eagles defensive right. line. That's who Kumar, Kumar Rocker is. Dad, Tracy Rocker. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go out to Pittman and talk to my old friend Lenny. Lenny, how have you been, sir? On the seventh day, God created Go Birds Radio. <laughs> That's how good it's going. Oh, uh, what a pleasure, Len. How you been, man? I'm I'm fine, and thank you for asking. It's a beautiful day to be speaking with you guys. I just have a very quick question. Um, with the uh, quote, uh, would you please rank the quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks in the NFC East for me? And then, of course, you know we have the quarterback factory, the Philadelphia Eagles. Will they be Will they be selecting another franchise quarterback <laughs> since they're so great at it? And uh, well, that's my question. Rank the four, and will the football factory, uh, quarterback factory, be drafting another franchise quarterback? Elliot? Yeah, I'll go first. So I think whether you rank this by, like, right now or taking the future into consideration, my rankings are pretty much the same. I think Dak has to be number one with the caveat that 
as good as I think he is, the injury does scare me because I saw what a, a season-ending injury did to Carson, right? So I, I am concerned about Dak. To me, Jalen is number two. I think Jalen is the second most talented quarterback in the division. I, I like his upside. I, I like the fact that there is that chance for upside as opposed to with my the, the third and fourth guys with Fitzpatrick and Daniel Jones. I don't think there is. I'd go Fitzpatrick third simply because I think Daniel Jones is terrible. Um, but that'd be my ranking. Dak, I, Jalen Hurts, Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones. I would have the same ranking as as Elliot. Oh, you're and the thing, Fitzpatrick, the thing, Well, I, again, I don't think he's better than Hurts. I would have Fitzpatrick closer to Hurts than you would, I'm sure. Either way, the biggest take for me among these quarterbacks is that Daniel Jones is the worst, and I feel yes. very confident about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. How would you rank him, Lenny? Um, actually, I think you guys are spot on. But listen, um, about never taking a quarterback from Alabama, they've never taken a player from Pittman, New Jersey. They did from Glassbar, and I'm quite upset about it. It's outrageous, Lenny. Outrageous, exactly, James. <laughs> You're doing good. I, by the way, with a quarterback, I do not expect them. Maybe in a late round they take a developmental guy, but I'm not expecting a, a, a high asset use. On a well, the interesting thing would be if one falls to them. Like let's right. say Justin, like Justin Fields, Fields there at twelve. Lance. It's like, yeah. wow, what do we do? I still don't think they take him, but I, I, mean, I don't either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like I. I couldn't blame them if they took if Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is the most underrated player in this draft somehow, and I don't get it, Lenny. A lot of love there, James. Always a pleasure talking. It really to you. is, Len, a pleasure. Yeah, look, I the the. the <laughs> And I don't know what to believe because, you know, you hear all these people who know Kyle Shannon saying they're taking Mac Jones at three. They're taking Mac there's Jones. There's no way. I just can't. There's no way you give up those assets to tr- – Mac Jones would have been there at 12. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I think it's got to be Fields or Lance. I think it has to be. I, I agree. Now, of all the quarterbacks, we've talked about a lot of them this offseason on, like, who could be the Eagles guy. I think if you listed every name we've talked about, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, even throw Carson in there, all the draft guys. The only quarterback I would consider moving on from Jalen Hurts for is Justin Fields. I think Fields is going to be elite special at the next level. I just think he has everything you look for in a quarterback. So if he fell to 12, man, that like I, I that'd be tough. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I again, I because it's also not the type of decision you make just because he falls. You there. don't do it willy nilly like right. that. So yeah, if you're committing your franchise to him. But I, I think Fields is going to be awesome. I do too. I'm with you on Fields. I, I, I don't understand that the hate that he's been getting in this draft process. I think he's a stud. I think all he did at college was be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very in on Fields too. So I, I'm with you. That's the only quarterback who'd make me pause. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Central PA and talk to Chiro. Hey, buddy. What's going on, guys? What up, man? How you doing? I uh, can't complain. Just living another day, man. Amen. Hey, um, so I got I got my draft scenario, my perfect in my in my own head how I want it to play out. At twelve, if Sertain is there or even Horn, you can't pass on him. I understand we. Are, I was the big Kyle Pitts guy, but the NFC East has too many good receivers. We have, you know. Not the best. We have a horrible cornerback group besides Slay. But, and I know the, the one caller, Justin, was saying Terrence Marshall is going to be in a second. Terrence Marshall is not making it past the Baltimore Ravens. He's just, he's not. If Terrence Marshall was there when the Baltimore Ravens pick, they will select him. 
That's when you take that Indianapolis pick because, honestly, there's a good chance it could be a first, but we're not sure it's going to be a first. Mm-hmm. We're I sure we're maximize not. Maximize that pick right now. You trade up before the Ravens and you take Terrence Marshall. That six foot three, two hundred pound beast with short hands would be a great value pick if you get a good cornerback and a good wide receiver in the first round. How he looks like the smartest guy in the room. There you go. So I like the idea of trading back into the first round. I would not trade the Colts pick to go from 37 to 21 or whatever. I think where where do the Ravens pick? Are they 22, 23, something like that? So yeah, I I wouldn't trade a first to move up like that, but I would like the idea of trading a future second or or something like that. Yeah, I I agree. Look, I think when you have 11 picks in the draft, the most of any team, this is your chance to be uber aggressive and go up, whether that's trading back into the top 10, trading back into the first round, trading from the third into the second. Like I think Howie needs needs to focus. I don't want to add 11 players. I want to add as many picks in the top like, you know, two rounds, three rounds as I can and get those to get the better prospects. So I, I would rather take more shots on guys in the third round than take 11 shots throughout the draft. Very understandable, very understandable. And I was just kind of, I don't I don't know the exact cost it takes to move up, but I didn't want to give up the sure first round, so that's why I said No, you no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I just think it'd be a little I don't think it would cost that much too. So you wouldn't even have to do it. Oh. I like the idea, Chiro, and great call as always. Look, I, I, I agree with the con- – like, they, they need blue chip. They need high-level young players. And, and giving up future picks to get someone in this draft you believe in, I'm, I'm okay with that generally, but, you know. So I think, I think there's one player at 12 that we're not talking about enough that I think has a very good chance Ooh, of, of being the player. All right, coming up next, we're going to find out who that player is. Plus, every week, we wonder – what will he be mad about this week? That's coming up next, too. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you till three today, talking NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles. We are less than two weeks away from the first round and the second and third round, for well, that matter. Be almost over. Yeah, pretty crazy. Two weeks so, from now. Where, where do you stand right now? What do you want to see the Eagles do? Cornerback versus wide receiver, defense versus offense, trade up is a thing now. Plus, coming up in a minute, Elliot Shore Parks with the you're like a radio pro these mm. days. The tease before the break, my man. I learned from the best. <laughs> who taught you? Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find out uh, who we have not talked about enough. It was a real real possibility for the Eagles at twelve. But first, every week he's mad. In fact, his name is Mad. Mm. What's he mad about this week? Let's find out as we go to KOP and talk to our good buddy Mad Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, I'm not even mad today, guys. Wow! Hold on. Should we hit the breaking news sounder or something? (laughs) I had a good workout this morning. I just did some yard work. It's nice. I'm in in a fine mood. So you're feeling like Howie's going to kill this draft pick. (laughs) You're you're feeling confident Howie's about to get a pro bowler at number 12? Well, not kill. I feel like he's going to screw up. Like, okay, kill, destroy, ruin, like, whatever. Uh, here's here's my thing. Like, I have two scenarios. And, like, one would just be funny for me, and that is the Howie, uh, uh, like, just want to watch the world burn scenario. And I, I really hope that one of the quarterba- quarterbacks just falls. Like, I hope Trey Lance is there and just, like, they just can't help themselves. <laughs> and they can't, like, that's, yeah, that just, scenario would be crazy. That like I would love that. Like I would laugh so hard, and I would be so like amped. Jeffrey, should we so- do it? We didn't think he'd be here. Can you believe Trey Lance on the board? Should we do it? Should we do it? Man, to be a fly on that wall, they're making that decision. Like the 
stories on on sports talk would be so great. Like they got rid of a North Dakota quarterback for another North Dakota quarterback. Like the world would burn, callers would be freaking out. I would love it. It would be the ultimate best scenario for me. But here's what I really <laughs> think. Here's what I really think is going to happen. Right? They're not moving. They're staying at twelve. They're going to take a defensive end or a defensive like, tackle like Christian Barrymore. They're just going to like sit and they're going to take what Andy Reid would have done. And like, because Howie, to me, I think Howie's so shell shocked from all these bad drafts. He's just going to go back and Lori's probably like, what would Andy do here? And they're just going to go back and be like, hey, defensive end out of Michigan, who probably just smiles a lot and can't really play all that great. Like, always gets in the shot at Brandon Graham. Always does it. Yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, but, like, that's what I really think they're going to do. Like, I honestly Look, think I think that. there's a pretty good chance. I don't know if I say pretty good, but I do think defensive line. I mean, There's Howie's, a chance for sure. Howie's yeah. made, I think, four top four picks in the well, top 15. Well, hold up. And- Did you hear that, what Joe DeCamera said on the midday show yesterday? That 20 of the last 27 Eagles first-round picks have been an offensive or defensive lineman? Wow. Stunning. Yeah, I mean, that's Stunning. Their, that's, that's what they do. And, like, I feel like they're, like, we're rebuilding. It doesn't make sense to take an offensive weapon. We need to rebuild. They're going to go to what they know, what worked for them with Andy Reid, and they're just going to go back to that. It's not going to be a sexy pick. It's just going to be an, a utility pick. I got to tell you, Mike, with. you're making a lot of sense today. You are having a good yeah, day you today, work Mike. work out more often. I, I mean, like, I, I tried to, you know, kind of get that <laughs> thought away. But, uh, like, I'm just saying, like, I, I just think everybody who's getting their hopes up that it's going to be, like, this name, weapon, or, you know, a cornerback or something special, it's, it's going to be a boring draft for you. It's not going to work out. Mike, Mike, great call, man. Seriously. Yeah. And I, I actually – look, if I, had to, if I had to bet everything I have on a, a outcome for the first round of the draft – I would bet on the Eagles taking the defensive lineman at 12 just because it's the most historically accurate thing that the most Eagles Howie Roseman thing to do. Well, they've been one of the best run organizations, so I could see why following the path that they've gone on is, is the way to go. But, you know, not only was that a great call by Mad Mike, but he actually brought up the player. Is he pay the player? No. Oh, so the guy I think everyone should be keeping an eye on is Christian Christian Barmore. Oh, out of, interesting. Out of Alabama. There's been a little buzz lately. Starting to see a little buzz. I know that uh, decent odds to be the first defensive player yep. or first I, defensive I lineman taken. All that stuff. The league is higher on him than I think the media slash fan base is. Eight sacks last year from the defensive tackle spot. Great athlete, strong pass rusher. Obviously checks the defensive line box. I think checks a box where everyone would be like, wait, who? Right? Like he's got that mm-hmm. part of it. And I think it fits their philosophy. And I'm not saying it's the pick I would make, but I think at 12, they're, like if Quiddy pays off the board especially, I could see a world where, let's say, Devonta Smith and uh, Christian Barmore are on the board and they take oh, they take Christian Barmore and everybody's upset. So for what it's worth, I actually would rather they take Barrymore than pay. Uh, I think, look – Again, Alabama player. So, yes. you know, that alone would be nice. I think Barrymore's a really good football player. I do too. And I think he's going to be one of those guys who goes in the 10 to 20 range, somewhere in there, and he's going to be better than his draft slot. Like, I think he's a yeah. good football player, and I think he's probably underrated. So, well, the other. I wouldn't be up in arms about it, and I definitely think it's a real possibility. I just, you know, 
I'm not going to get super excited about Christian Barrymore. The, the thing that helps his chances of being the 12th pick is, and a few callers have made this point, the draft is deep at receiver. It's not deep along the defensive line. Yeah. It's one of a, it's a, it's one of the weaker positions in the draft. So if you don't take Quiddy Pay or Barmore at number 12. Or Phillips. Or, or Phillips, yeah. None of those guys are making it to 37. Maybe you, if they drop into the low 20s, you're able to trade back up. But for a team that I don't know if they need to address the defensive line, but with Brandon Graham at what age he is, with Derek Barnett on a one-year deal. It doesn't even matter. They will always address well, the defensive the line even if they don't even need to. Even if they to. don't have to, they, 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 uh, they'll do it anyway. So I, I think defensive tackle Christian Barmore is someone to keep your eyes at for number 12. I think that's a really good call by you, Elliot. I, if, if, if we're less than two weeks from tonight and, and Roger Goodell steps to the podium with the 12th pick and says it's Christian Barmore, I will not be shocked in the least. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Florida and talk to our good buddy Jacory. Hey, Jacory. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Jacory? How you doing? Good, man. Uh, first of all, with that pick, that does happen. I'm gonna be mad because we just paid Javon Hargrave all that money. That and that would be that would be the counter to it. You know, you still and granted Cox getting older, but you still have Cox. You still have Hargrave. Like, is well, the it, other counter is you can never have too many good defenses. Right. I, I know. Yeah, you can go yeah. both ways. Well. It's just I'd rather have a defensive end rather than an interior defensive lineman. But, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree with but that. But going back with you know the trading up, I think you know the Panthers get a perfect spot to get number nine. Well, they're number because, eight. Eight. Um, yeah, they're number eight. Yeah, number eight. I'm sorry. Get a corner because I think like like the other cars were saying we need a corner to stop all these receivers. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get some flex for this. But I'd rather get the first corner, the first best corner of the draft than the third best pass catcher, which is Jalen Waddle behind Kyle Pitts and Jamar yeah. Chase. Another thing is, too, I like Terrence Wilson and um, Rashard Bateman. I think you got to trade up for them in the, um, in the draft. I want that either the Jags or the Jets pick, because like the Carlos was saying, the Ravens might take Terrence Marshall. Another thing is too, Elliot. Um, I don't know how you can notice this, but Howie's mo in the sixth round or the fifth round, he likes to trade win them later round picks for a veteran. So when yeah. the draft comes around, watch out for that. Yeah, I agree. Good, well, good, good, good phone call, man. Well, we'll especially with eleven week. picks, they have a lot more opportunity to do it. And look, the other speaking of veterans that could be traded during the draft, I mean Zach Ertz, a name to keep in mind. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like probably you... not great value for him if you trade him in your third to move up in the third or whatever, but I think better than just cutting him and getting nothing, right? I wonder if he makes it through the draft if they'll maybe another team doesn't get a tight end so they trade for him, but we're nearing the point where I mean Ertz is probably not going to be on the roster within the next 3 weeks. Yeah. No, that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about at all. 2155929494. Where do you stand on the draft? It seems like so far, with our callers, a lot more inclined to the cornerback yeah. thing than you have been. I'm surprised, especially with how bad people want receivers. Yeah, me there. too. Me too. And uh, uh, Corey did say one thing that I disagree with. I want to get to that next. Plus your calls, 215-592-9494. Get in now. Another hour of Go Birds Radio to go. It's Elliot. It's James. We're coming right back. And again, let me remind you that no one, does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook app? My sportsbook app of choice. Baseball's back. Golf's in full swing. If you sign up now, you bet you can bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and so much more. They have an incredible offer to get you in the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to five. 
$500. Yes, $500. The Park Sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. You can bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, hockey, and baseball. Things like points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything and everything you can bet on with this app. You can bet on any sport you can think of. You can bet on futures like football, like we're talking about today. Philadelphia's over-under total. Any team in the league's over-under total. Who's going to win it all and more? The Parksino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Again, here's the deal. New customers only. Sign up now and get your risk-free first bet risk-free up to 5 Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS, G-O-B-I-R-D-S. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. See website for terms and conditions. Jim, James, Jimothy, Elliot, Elliot. It's Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Talking draft, finally, man. Feels like it's been such a tumultuous two months with this team, Elliot. So one of the cool parts, there's a lot of cool parts about working uh, at the station, but one of the cool parts is before we're on, it's Glenn and Ray, yep. right? Obviously two legends. And as we've said before, we'll walk into the studio an hour and a half for our show and we see Ray with all of his papers out in front mm-hmm. of him. So at the last break, uh, I went to, to get a drink of water. I'm walking by a trash can. And I see Ray's yellow notepad. Look, look, he had like some notes he threw out. Mm-hmm. I have debated him taking out of the trash. I know, right? It's yeah. just to have them. I was like, are these the secrets I need to have better draft coverage right here in the trash? And I can just pick them up. I mean, I'll bet you people would pay money for a Ray Dittinger piece of yellow note paper. Yeah, had yellow notes. I wouldn't do it. But I, I mean, I didn't. You wouldn't end, take I, it out of the trash. I didn't end mean, up yes, doing it, but yes. I thought about it. Yeah, well, I, I don't blame you. I probably would have. Honestly, if we're being real here, I would have probably thought the same thing. I Maybe like, I could like, whoa. Could have given him the cool. Howie, you know? <laughs> if only. If only. If only. Ray had a third round, third round draft gate on Jalen Rager last year. Where were you at then? I would I would give a piece of paper to Howie right now, and I'd put on it, just draft a wide receiver. So, yeah, let's get into that. 215-592-9494. Get on the phones. We are going to go to the phones in just one second. But, Elliot, to kind of reset where you were at, talking about the draft, we're talking about what we want to see the Eagles do. And, Elliot, you feel incredibly strongly that it has to be a wide receiver. I really, really do. I just think when you look at a combination of a couple of things, the first is I think the best player on the board is going to be a receiver. I believe Jalen Waddle might be there. Devonta Smith might be there. So I think there's a good chance at 12 that, that, that the best player is a receiver. I think they're better prospects, in my opinion, than Patrick Sertain, who's a great prospect, but also definitely I think they're better prospects than uh, J.C. Horn. But not just that. The thing that's going to help this team the most is an explosive offense. Like, the Eagles have struggled over the last few years, and their defense has not been great, but the offense has been worse than the defense over the last few years. And part of that is certainly the quarterback, and part of that, you know, belongs on the head coach. But another part of that is this team's consistently missed on receivers and trying to add talent to the roster. They've really only had Zach Ertz over the last few years that they could count on. Dallas Goddard's been good, but he just doesn't play enough to be one of those dependable options. I look at the roster and I say, what they need the most on offense is a threat at outside receiver. And I think that that will have a bigger impact on their team and on their ability to turn this around than a cornerback will. And I, the argument, and Richie's made it, and a few callers have made it, of, well, there's such great receivers in the division, you have to take a corner. I think that's a flawed way of using a strong, ass, a big asset like this. It's like saying they shouldn't take, uh, 
you know, a center because Jason Kelsey's on the roster, right? Like things change. Who knows how good these receivers in the division are going to end up being. Yep. If, if Kenny Galladay injures himself in week one, now all of a sudden you've used a 12th pick because you were planning on covering him. I just think ultimately with, an, with a pick this important, you've got to ask yourself, A, who's the best prospect, but also what's going to help my team the most? What is going to make the biggest change on my roster? And receiver checks off both those boxes in a big way. Yeah, and generally, I know I mentioned it before, the Richie point about the receivers in the division. I generally do agree with you philosophically, the idea of you shouldn't draft your team based on what's in your division. You shouldn't look at those because things change. Players, Mm -hmm. you know, get worse, get better, all that type of stuff. And this is someone you hope is here for for a long time. You're not drafting for right now. Like these teams could look very different in the fifth year of Patrick Sertain's career than they do now and so on and so forth. But I do think that Patrick Sertain is a legitimate stud type player at a position of need at an important position. So I can see the argument for going the other way on that, but you know, I'm with you. I I ultimately agree that I think a wide receiver will be the best player on the board. I think it's the best pick, but it seems like a lot of people don't. A lot of people are going cornerback when we're calling up, get involved. Two one five, five, nine, two, 94, 94. Where do you think the Eagles should go with the 12th pick? And, and we are talking trading up too, Elliot. I just think ultimately like, when you look at number 12, the best player is going to be a receiver anyway. So for, from that point of view, it's just I think if you go corner, you're, you're reaching for a need. And also, when you look around the league, and this is a big question just to throw at you, but like, how many game-changing corners are there really? Like, Jalen Ramsey impacts the game yep. in a huge way. But again, Darius Slay last year had a great year. I don't know how much he impacted the team. And that's not a shot at him. It's just the reality of the situation. The, the, position he plays so I think when you know around the league there's more players at receiver where you go okay this is someone we're really worried about heading into the week than there is cornerbacks where the offensive coordinator is going okay we can't throw anywhere near no I I think and look I think that's a really good point I think Jalen Ramsey's really the only one you think of where you say uh Stephon Gilmore for a few years sure but even then I'm talking like I think the best receiver is going to beat the best cornerback Unless it's Jalen Ramsey. Well, and the rules are are meant that way. Yeah, and, rules, and yeah. so and so again, that's look. If Patrick Sertain is Jalen Ramsey, then you take him, right? I mean, that Jalen Ramsey yes. does make a difference. Like a guy like that is a true difference maker. But I do think you have a very good point that ultimately, on average, getting a high value, high end wide receiver is going to do more for you than a high end cornerback. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. And the point you Corey made that I was going to say I didn't like is I don't like the statement I'd rather have the first cornerback than the the third wide receiver because the third wide receiver could still be better than the first cornerback. Like just because he's yeah. the third wide receiver in the draft doesn't mean that he's not better than the first cornerback in the draft. Just like the first cornerback and second cornerback in the draft is probably better than the first defensive lineman in this draft, and so on and so forth. Or last whatever. year, the fourth receiver taken was the best one in the exactly. draft, at least for last year. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you come down on the draft, the twelfth pick? Do you agree with Elliot? They need a wide receiver. Or are you looking to go another position? And and the idea of trading up, we brought brought up before. Where do you stand on that? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to DC and talk to Bruce. Hey Bruce. All right. Hey. Hey. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, my first time calling the show. How's it going? Ah, thanks, man. We Th- really appreciate it. Thanks for calling so, in. So 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 Jimmy, I just wanted. To, uh, my brother's actually listening to this. Uh, his, his, um, my brother's name is Craig. He says that you, he talked to you. Craig all the time. in DC. So, that's my guy. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Craig. Shout out to Craig. Yeah. Craig's awesome, man. And I can so hear it now a little bit. You guys sound a little bit alike, actually. Hey, look, we get that knock all the time. I usually call. Um, I usually call Marks and Reese in the afternoon. Sometimes Joe Gillio in the evening. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy to have you. Good. Tell Craig I said hey. Hey, yeah. So he's listening. So, awesome. so uh, anyway, no great discussion on the on the draft and uh, and uh, here's here's my here's my take on it. So it's a very very good argument on 
on moving up. Um, I'm I'm on the if 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 the Eagles move up to you know let's say for example if Jamar Chase falls is available at seven, hey they need to pull the trigger. Let's pull the trigger and go yep. out there and get and, and, and get Chase at seven because he's a game changing uh, wide receiver that that that's going to impact uh, impact the team significantly. Now, if he is not available at seven then they fall back and move to try to uh, trade up to eight or nine to get a cornerback. And here's my argument about, you know, about the cornerback. And, and this is why it's so important to get a, a good caliber, high caliber, potential high caliber cornerbacks is a lot more difficult than getting high caliber wide receivers to your argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that opportunity is there, then uh, they need to go ahead and pull the trigger and make that happen because the wide receiver draft is so strong, and I'm a big fan of uh, Terrence Marshall, or I, I can't, I, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, and they, uh, Kadarius Tony, maybe Rashad Bateman's been talked about a lot. Rashad there. Bateman, Rashad Bateman, yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I mean, in, in some instances, uh, Bateman has uh, uh, actually made even uh, uh, grade out better than, uh, than than Marshall. So they yep. can they, they they can fall back, and look, you want to get either one or two of those guys. We got the capital. To do that, and then you know you you got Ertz's trade bait also. You can mix them into the trade, and and and, and we come out with those two guys right there, man. We are golden. Yeah, we're golden going into the season. Well, I look. I think one of the exciting things about what they have is they have a ton of options. When you have all those right. picks, when you have eleven picks, when you have you know at the top of the second round, your pick is way more valuable. I even like the fact that once the first round's over and everything kind of resets, it's real easy to go from thirty-seven to thirty-three, and you can go up and Absolutely. get that first player at the top of the second round, which is huge. To, to your point about finding elite cornerback play is harder than finding elite receiver play. I think that's a good point, and I think there's a lot of truth right. to it. I just still think that. You know, on average, a receiver is going to impact the game more than a corner is, and so that that's yeah, why I, I would I, that's why I would rather have them. I feel more confident that Jamar Chase impacts the game week one, snap one, than I do Patrick Sertan. Yeah, I, now, now I agree I, to your point. If hey, if Jamar Chase is there, uh, that's that's worth a move. I, now, now Waddle, no, absolutely not. We don't need another smallest receiver. That yeah, I'm has, with you uh, on Waddle. Injury. Yeah, we, no, I'm, we. I, Mm-mm. I lean no, that way not- too. I mean, I I, I wouldn't yeah. be and and Bruce, great call, man, great call again. Craig, right. Craig and Bruce both great callers. I think one time we got to get Bruce and Craig. To yes, call at the same dude, time. Craig's awesome. Yeah. Big fan of Craig. Um, all right. Uh, to that point, there, I do think. Um, I do agree. Like the idea that a, a elite elite cornerback is is unicornish. You know, like we were just talking about. Like there are not that many guys in the NFL that you could say there might be one that you could yeah. say. All right, this guy can cover every receiver in the league. That guy. And that's why I don't want to try to draft. Because like, it's, it's a, such a risk, yes. Yeah. But if Patrick Sertain turns out to be that next one of those type of guys, which he could be. Like, he does well, yeah, have that sort of ceiling. Of course, any, but yeah. I'm saying, like, he has that sort of ceiling. Like, there, you could look at other corners late in the draft and say he doesn't have that ceiling. Like, yeah. anything could we, happen. We don't know. We right? don't know. I'm just saying, like, Sertain is that type of prospect. Um, but, I do think there is an interesting, especially with the wide receiver class being deeper and all that, it is interesting. Yes, and... I guess you could look at this both ways, but the fact that the rules in the league are meant to help the receiver, on one hand, it means it's probably going to be easier to be a receiver and find one that can contribute in later rounds because the rules are on their side. 
On the other hand, it means if I'm taking someone at 12 and I need to know that person is going to be good, I'd rather have the league be set up for them to succeed as opposed to them coming in and fighting against the rules and the way that it, you know the, the rules are made so it's easier to pass the ball. It's harder to play corner than it is to play receiver. So, Do you think the, to his point about Waddle, do you think the drafting Rager instead of Jefferson, a smaller guy who was supposed to be a speed guy, the speed thing, the whole, you know, that trying to replace Deshaun Jackson. Right. Do you, do you, how do you think that factors in with Waddle? Because Waddle, I mean, I think he's amazingly talented, but he is definitely more of a of a speedster than a go over the middle and 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 you know get well, hit by the I, safety type of play. I've said before that to me, when you look at Jalen Waddle versus Devonta Smith, I actually think it's a great comparison of Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson because. Last year, Justin Jefferson... Waddle, what, more talented than Rager, though. We, well, we think. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, coming into the process. Yes, coming into the process, yeah. But last year, Justin Jefferson was arguably the most accomplished receiver in the draft. I mean, CeeDee Lamb obviously put up big numbers uh, at Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, so he put up big numbers there. But Justin Jefferson dominated college football in 2019 before he was drafted. I don't know if you've heard this, but yeah, he was never pretty knew. good. Yeah. Never knew. But I think that's the same with Devonta Smith in the way that he's dominated college football. But a lot of people like Waddle better because of the measurables, because of the speed. And I think that's what happened with Rager and Jefferson is Rager was the faster one, you know, more. Kinda. Well, but I'm saying that's what they Game were. Game speed. Right, yeah, because that's true. I think Jefferson ran a quicker 40, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so that's my concern with Waddle. And Ike Reese has made this point, too, that I don't view Waddle as a possession, like catch seven, eight balls each game guy. I think he's someone that, you know, not quite Deshaun, because honestly Deshaun's the best in the history of the game, arguably, is a deep threat, so it's hard to compare him to that. But I think Waddle's more along those lines than he is what the, the impact Justin Jefferson had. I think Devonta Smith could come in and have that same level of impact that Jefferson had. Great route runner, used to being a high-volume receiver, great hands, has dominated. I, I just think there's a great chance Devonta Smith could come in next year and, and really help this offense. Yeah, I like Smith better, but Purdue's similar to the Jefferson comparison, though – Waddle, like when you hear Tyreek Hill and you hear that comparison, like, and I don't think he is. But everyone but does that now, though. Tyreek I know, Hill's but like this guy. guy is that athletic. This guy is that fast where it's like. I guess, you, but he's also hurt all the time. Again, like you talk about this all the time. He was the number one wide receiver last year. Like he was the yeah. top guy ahead of Lamb, ahead of Judy, ahead of all these guys until he got hurt. Like, no, you're right. So, he just hasn't shown it. Like, I, I, agree. I know he had a good start to the year last year, but then he got hurt. 215 Let's go to Manny and can talk to Dan. Hey, Dan. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. Yeah, absolutely. ESP, I was happy to talk to you on Wednesday about the birds. Uh, we kind of got a um, good overview about the birds. and um, we, didn't, we didn't really go into the draft that much, though. But I, no, yeah, do I, have to... I appreciate you calling in and waiting on Wednesday. Yeah, and I will tell you that, that Elliot told me before the show that all the people who called in for him on Wednesday night were his favorite yeah. people. And he was so he was so grateful. You that, got a you got a special place in my heart. I man. get it. You, oh those late God, late shows, especially when you haven't done a ton of them, and you're just there hoping, praying someone's <laughs> awake to call you. Yes. I get it. So I appreciate hey, it. Man, you, you just gotta be happy that I had Thursday and, and Friday off, so I was able to call you at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, so I'm happy to talk to you, man. Amen. But but yeah, we kind of agreed on everything on Wednesday. But I, I mean, I kind of I have to just I have to just, I have to disagree with you guys on uh, that though. But I'm a defensive person. I played lacrosse and I was a defensive player, so I was even a fan of Sertain even when we had the sixth pick. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be the only person that that says that, but I really think that everything that I agree said. I don't know if it was either on Thursday or Friday, but 
Ike said everything perfectly. If we're just going to take another wide receiver like we had the past couple years, like we did with Rager and our Sega white side, all we're doing is proving to ourselves that we don't have the ability to develop players. It's time that we build on this defense, and I think that the only person that's actually going to be one of those people that we can just definitely – slot into that number one cornerback, number two cornerback spot, it's going to be Patrick Sertan. Yeah, I just don't and, think, look, re- really quick, I, I don't think you can use past, the, the fact that they've taken receivers in the past, I don't think you can use that as a reason to for this pick, right? Because they've also taken a lot of corners. They tried Sidney Jones, right? Now, obviously not as high because Sidney was a second-round pick. But to me, you can't use what you've done in the past. It's kind of the same argument on what they should have done at quarterback. Now now it looks like they're not going to take one. But when they were at number mm-hmm. six, the argument is, look, as good as Jalen Hurts seems to be, if you think the guy at six is better than him, then you have to do it. So I think it's the same thing at number 12. If I'm sitting there at 12 and I think that Jalen Waddle is a better prospect than Patrick Sertain, now I don't believe that, but if the Eagles do, they can't pass on him simply because, oh, well, you know, we tried with Rager and we tried with J.J. Sega-Whiteside. You have to look at this through a vacuum, right? Like, just look straight and say, who's the best prospect on the board when we're picking? And that's who you pick. I just feel like the point is, like, when we when we, when we made that trade to go back from 6 to 12, yes, that is going to help us in the future with next year's draft. But if you wanted to go wide receiver, why not just stay at 6 and take either Pitts or Chase? If you're dropping back and you're going to 12 and you're not really sure about how Smith or Waddle are going to compare to who you had at 6, I just think defense is what we need to do here. And it's, I think it's time that we actually take one of those shutdown corners, which at this point it seems like only Sertan is the only guy that I see that can fit, fill that role. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan. Or, yeah, I was going to say calls more often, man. Great phone call. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely, man. I'm glad to talk to you guys. Uh, Seltzer, I love the midday show, so I'll try to call on you guys more. Thanks, man, Dan. Really, really good call. And, and look, I, I, I get his points there. I, I think that's a compelling point, and that was, you know, between the two of us, I was the one who did not like the trade back. I right. get the value. I understand it, but I wanted Pitts or Chase. I wanted one well, of those two guys, and I to think- his point, and look, yes, they could go 4-5, and then it's a different story I have a feeling that on draft night, one of those two guys is going to be there at six. I think there's a good chance of that. Now, I think they moved back thinking they wouldn't be. And the good thing is they now have enough assets to move back up to seven. I mean, the chances are they're not going to move back to six. No. I would say that, I, that would be – there's no way. Is there, Miami, right. like I don't they, think Miami would do it. Of course so, not. You know. So I think seven's where you look. But, you know, if, if the first five picks are four quarterbacks and, uh, and Panay Sewell, then you're getting one of them at seven if you move back up. Now, yeah. the question is – if you're Detroit at number seven, don't you you ask for for more than what they gave up to go back? Well, like you have to, to. Maybe you don't trade. Like of course the not. Can't yes, force a team to trade. Of course, you know? that's why it's a. You've put yourself in a position where I, that's why I wanted him to stay at six. I get the value, but I wanted one of those guys. I just I bet that internally one of two things is true. A, they just didn't think Chase or Pitts were going to be there. But B, it, and it is possible they don't want those guys. They just don't think the difference yeah. between Chase and Smith and Waddle is that big. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Chester and talk to Wade. Hey, buddy, how are you? What's up, fellas? My how man. Today? What's going on, Wade? Chilling, man. Listen, man. I'm. All week I've been getting killed with the comments of who we should take. Everybody wants this sexy, grown and sexy pick. But guess what? Them guys don't win. Everybody look at CeeDee Lamb, we should, uh, Jeffries. Them dudes was just, their teams was just as bad as our team. What we need to do right now, if you and, and Elliot, I want to challenge you on this here. Mm-hmm. When you seen Jalen Hurst play last year, there was one big positive that I got out of his play was the fact that he, out of them four games, all four games, we played good defenses, okay? And Jalen Hurts played solid 
against all four defensive teams. Yeah. What hurt us and what prevented us from winning those games because the Arizona game we should have won was cornerback play. We just didn't have corners to stop their receivers. I'm not looking for no uh, Pro Bowl corner. I don't want no shutdown elite corner. I don't even believe in that crap. I just want a solid corner. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, but you're hoping you get more than that go. at number 12. Like, the guy you take at 12 no, no. needs to be more than solid. Listen to what I'm saying, though. I, I know that that's what you hope for, but in reality, when you just, when you look at what I just said, go back and look at all these sexy picks. Look at all these high-end picks. None of them guys are, are holding Super Bowl trophies right now. No, it's a great so point, but, but what, I, what I would counter with really quick is, you, you were right, right, that the, the Cowboys, they got CeeDee Lamb. He didn't help them that much in a lot of ways. Justin Jefferson was a rookie of the year. The Vikings didn't make the playoffs. But on the flip side of that, if you look around the league, one thing some teams did do is by acquiring these elite-level receivers or guys you hope are elite, it really helped young cornerbacks. You look at how DeAndre Hopkins helped Kyler Murray take a step forward, how Stephon Diggs helped Josh Allen. So I think your point is an excellent one, that an elite receiver, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to make the playoffs, right? M- much like maybe an elite defensive end or a quarterback does. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you also have to worry about helping Jalen Hurts develop, and I think a receiver helps you in that category. You know what will help Jalen Hurts develop? A solid O-line and just give him time in one system. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't give a damn what the name on the back of that jersey is. If you give Jalen Hurts a solid O-line and sometime in the same system, not changing all his coordinators every year. Because yep. to me, that sets a quarterback back. We keep looking for these great quarterbacks. Listen, ain't no great quarterbacks in this league unless they in one system. They got to be I in agree. the same system. Wait, yeah. Wait. Great call, brother, as always. Uh, yeah, look, I, I'm, I agree. I'm not going to argue with you I on mean, that. Look at, look at Carson, right? So from 2016 yeah. to 2017, he has the exact same coaching staff, right? Offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, head coach. 2017 to 2018, a lot of change. 2018 to 2019, more change. Yeah. And then 2019 to 2020 is just off season from, from, yeah. from you know what. Yeah, Don't want to sure. say it on the air. Well, yeah, the, the H-E double hockey. Can you say that on the air? Yes, yeah, of okay. course you can. I don't want to say it. I feel bad. So, <laughs> no, you But, I, you know, that, okay. so if, you okay. look at, if you look at the changes Carson had to deal with, there's no question that played a role. Absolutely. And, look, it's not just the changes. Like, it's also having a good staff. We talked before about the trade Carolina made. Sam Darnold, like, like – I don't know if Sam Darn's going to be good or not, but I'll take a shot on a guy who's been stuck with Adam Gase his whole career. Like, he might have something. Like, there's at least something there. Ooh, we got a draft pick first? Did the Eagles make a pick? Oh, my God. I do love that sound, though. That is something The mouse got away from it. I was like, is there breaking news? I've been there. I knew exactly what was happening. I have hit many drops by mistake. Should we make our pick right now? Yes. With With the number 12 pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select? Devonta Smith, Alabama. What do you pay, Michigan? Mm. <laughs> I think my pick would be a little more All right, popular. let's speak it into existence. Devontae Smith, Alabama. Let's speak it into existence. I think existence. Smith is going to be so good. I want him. Yeah. I'm with you. 215-592-9494. Who do you want? What do you want to see the Eagles do? We just had someone mention J.C. Horn. Heard a lot of Patrick Sertain. Not as much about the wide receivers. Do you disagree with Elliott? Elliott thinks they need to go wide receiver at 12. Even trade up a little bit to get one if they need to. Or are you all right with a defensive player? And and the trade-up idea itself, where do you stand? 215-592-9494. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. Don't go anywhere. It's <laughs> good work, Moshe Kravitz. That was clever. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. I will say, I love that sound, man. Like, yeah. you hear that draft sound, and it just... 
you get the the feels. You Although know? one thing that's kind of yeah. Give it to me. That is, that is good stuff right there. One thing that's kind of changed over the years, and maybe it's just because I live on Twitter more than I should. Now you know what the pick is before yeah, it see, happens. I, so I am very, very perfect. I, I, I do not mess around with Twitter during the draft. Yeah. It's no fun. It takes away all the fun out of it. It's like, why do I want to know what the picks are? Why am I even watching this draft if I know what Roger Goodell is going to say when he steps to the mic? What's the point? I know. But I, well, I guess like for my job, it's important to know. Yeah, because you but, need to be like quick on the yeah. But bra. but you're right. It is a bit of a buzzkill to see, because yeah. especially when they're like four picks behind, and you already know who like I, in the second or third round they'll get to picks. You know, like 56, 57, and you already know what the pick is yeah. at like sixty one or whatever. Uh, no, for sure. And and look, maybe this year I'll look before the Eagles just so I can not be hurt in the moment. So I could just know, like, all right, they're going to take Woody Pay. <laughs> well, last year when they took Jalen Hurts, I, I saw the, the tweets start to come in, and I'm like, what? I'm like, this yeah. can't, this Dude, can't that be was correct. The, that was no doubt the most shocking Eagles pick of my lifetime. Like, I've never before, like, and, dude, I like, when they picked John Harris, I was like, I've never heard of this person. This is a first-round draft pick. Mar- Marcus I've, Smith. Mar- Marcus Smith, another one. I, and, and even then I had heard of him a little bit because I was working in the industry a bit and had to do draft stuff mm-hmm. and was, like, a little more – like, like when they picked, not because I hadn't heard of him, obviously, but them taking Jalen Hurts in that spot, I remember turning to Emily and just being like, "Holy bleep!" Yeah, like my phone holy started bleep. blowing up. Yeah, that was, like I, the rush, I got a rush of adrenaline. Like, well, my night just completely changed. Will Will we have? And obviously not to that level, but do you think there will be a pick in this draft where we have any sort of like, whoa, reaction? I think the guy they could take that would shock everybody is Kyle Trask. You're talking later, not in the first. No, round. not in number twelve. Yeah, <laughs> like, not dude, in number twelve. Yeah, no, no, no. That'd I, be out because of Brian Johnson. Connection Brian on? Johnson. I think he's a guy that is more highly thought of within the league than. Where's like, he slated to go right now? Generally, it's tough. Like he's kind of viewed as a fourth round pick, but then there are some people that I trust that say no, he's a second or third rounder. Oh. So I don't think they take him at thirty seven. Look, if they took him at thirty seven, it's like, come on, guys. I mean, that's it's not as serious as taking someone at twelve, but it's it's not <laughs> it's, like, it's not a world guys. of difference. I mean, come on, guys. The guy they just took at fifty six came in and ended yeah. the other la- the yeah. last franchise quarterback. So I, I, they take him at thirty seven. But Kyle Trask to me would be competition for Hertz, which they seem to want, and they're not getting in Joe Flacco. Let's be honest. But also tell Joe that. Brian Johnson, the Eagles' new quarterback coach, was his offensive coordinator at Florida. He had his best year under Brian Johnson. He he also kind of fits the mold. I mean, if you look at what the Eagles have looked for in their quarterbacks over the last few years, they're all above 6'5", strong-armed, right? Now, maybe that's changing with the new coaching staff, but Kyle Trask fits that mold. 215-592-9494. Where are you at with the Eagles' draft? We are less than two weeks away from that first-round pick happening. Which way do you want to see the Eagles go? Let's go to Berwin and talk to Mike. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Not much. I just I was listening yesterday, and uh, Mike was really pushing for Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about him? So, Micah Parsons to me is an interesting prospect because I think there's an argument to be made. He's a higher impact player at twelve than a cornerback is. When you look, if you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said there's no way I'm taking a linebacker at number twelve. And I think the Eagles probably feel that way. But Micah Parsons, great athlete. He attacks the quarterback. He can rush if you need him to. So I think if you put him in the middle of the Eagles' defense, that could be a complete game changer. Now, 
I don't know Micah Parsons well enough, right? And I, I think there's you, – you have to make sure that you're comfortable with him. You have to make sure you think he fits in your defense, all those things. But I like the idea of him at 12. Yeah, I don't want him, Mike. That's where I'm at. I, I get Elliot's point. I like the idea of having like a Luke Keekley or someone here who's just this machine out there. I don't think Micah Parsons is that. I don't believe in the, the person and the player, so I'm not a Micah Parsons guy. Okay. Are you Mike? Do you want him to take like, Micah Parsons? Sad. You sounded really so, yeah. disappointed you know, there. I don't. I think if he's there at twelve, well, he'll probably be there at twelve. I mean, I, I think, think more think so. likely you than don't not, think he'll go ahead. Of oh, time? I think he'll be there at twelve. But I also don't think the Eagles will take him, regardless of what we say. I think the Eagles have shown us. And look, new defensive coordinator, new scheme. You never know what they're going to do. But I think the Eagles have made it pretty clear that they don't value that position enough to take it that high. So, can I ask you one more? With uh, Horn, sure. what do you guys think of him? So I think JC. Thanks for the Horn, call, Mike. Good call. Yeah, I I think he's a solid prospect. Um, I haven't watched as much of him as Patrick Sertain, to be honest. I mean, there, some people think he's better than Sertain. I don't know if I could say that. Again, I just think positionally, I'm not excited about adding JC Horn. Like if you add Waddle, if you add Smith, if you add Chase, like those guys, I'm saying okay, this is someone that can come in and make a difference. Week one, snap one. I just, I don't feel that way about Horn. I could be wrong, but that that's my opinion. On I do too. I'm with you. I, I like Sertain a lot more than Horn, but it is kind of interesting. The top two cornerbacks in the draft, both sons of former NFL players. Yeah. That's that's pretty wild. I mean, and the Cowboys at 10, I think, are taking one of them. I think so too. And, and that, look, I think the Panthers need a cornerback, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. So there's a chance the Panthers need a lineman too. Like the, the Panthers have needs. Yeah. A lot of these teams do. That's why you're picking the top The worst 10, case right? scenario for the Eagles, <laughs> I think, is yeah, that's true. The worst case scenario for the Eagles to me is all right, so you go qu- quarterbacks the first three. Kyle Pitts at four, Jamar Chase at five, Devonta Smith at six. Uh, I guess I'd probably go Waddle at seven. Um, Sertain goes eight. Sertain goes eight. Sewell goes nine, oh, yep. so on and so Horn forth. Go- or ten, whatever. J.C. Horn goes ten. Uh, and then at that point, you know, I don't know who you're – Maybe you're Rashawn like, Slater. Or Micah Parsons. Well, Rashawn Slater like, yeah. could go 11 to, yeah. uh, to the Giants. And then you're talking about who do you take? Oh, yeah. Talk- I think you're talking about trading back. Well, yeah. You're you're hoping that someone wants to come up and get one of those two quarterbacks who are shockingly still on the board. Right, or unless you take them. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Middletown and talk to Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Man, I love your show. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys when I get a chance. Appreciate it. Appreciate hey, I- it. Yep, I, I agree with uh, Elliot on this one. We, we you, you need a wide receiver. And I don't care if they've drafted wide receivers in the past and haven't, you know, you know, added one who's an elite guy. I mean, you can make the same point about the cor- drafting a cornerback. Yeah. This is a, this is an offensive league. And it's interesting. One of the callers referenced Jalen Hurts in his game against Arizona and some of the other teams, you know, about the defense uh, falling through. Well, the offense fell through, too. They didn't do much in the second half, mm-hmm. right? And if you want a case study, look at Josh Allen. And yeah. what happened when you added a Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. all right? Kyler yeah. Murray in Arizona when you added DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. I mean, this whole notion that you're going to have a shutdown corner, there's really no shutdown corner. There's no shutdown defenses. The, the, the league is not built that way. The, built, the league is built for shutdown. Brian, I, I like I said, I, I am I am more on Elliott's side than the other. I just really like Patrick Sertain. I think he's going to be a great football player, so I'm not going to be upset if the Eagles end up with him. But to your point, are you like Elliott where you feel this strongly that let's say 
you're not going to get Smith, Waddle, or Chase at 12. Would you trade up? Would you give up assets to go to 8 or 9 or whatever and get one of those guys? Oh, I would, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely do that. You have, this is a league, you know, about, you know, again, putting points on the board. The year Kansas City won the Super Bowl, their defense wasn't great, not played great in spots. Um, I mean, but but we are also coming off a year where a team won the Super Bowl more more so because of their defense and their offense, to be uh, fair. I don't know if that's true. What are you talking about? Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl because of their defense. Seriously? Let me me comment on that. That was the Tampa Bay defense that got better, and it certainly played great in the right spot. They got got torched as well. Well, I was going to say, the, course, the offense no, got them there. The, the, the defense played better in the Super Bowl. Defense but the played better in the Super Bowl, flat yes, out. but the offense got them there. I mean, they both got them there, I would say. And, and I it wasn't like it was the guys, best offense in the league or true, anything yeah. like that. Never forget, guys, the Super Bowl that we do have, and that we won in 2017. You know, the defense played well in spots, but in the biggest game, the defense gave up 500 yards in passing to Tom Brady. You won the game because you had a quarterback who could go toe-to-toe and put points on the board. So nope. go get me that wide receiver who can put points on the board, and I can stand up and sing the Eagles fight song. <laughs> Brian, the great. The quarterback is not going to do that. Great call. Call again. Thank call you. us more often. Uh, great call. And, look, I, again, I, I, I'm just, you know, talking it out with you, and I like Sertain, but I generally agree. It's an offensive league. I generally agree. I mean, I don't generally agree. I flat-out agree that this team needs wide receivers, and they need yeah. high-end wide receivers, so I get it. I just think that – when you start to talk about trading back up, giving up more assets for a guy you might have been able to just stay at six, and why did you do all this stuff and get a well, better because... player at six? You got a better player at six than trading up for Waddle or something when you could have taken Chase at six. Like, that's where I get true, but you do get, and you know, again, we'll see because you don't know if Chase is going to be there at six, but you do have the additional first. Like, that is a huge part. Yeah, it's, I get it. Also, just selfishly, I'd rather watch a receiver. Like, if, <laughs> if covering the team, like going to training camp practices, it's going to be a lot more fun. To write about a receiver. Also, this isn't like a great reason, but the Jalen Rager thing, I mean, it does help Rager. If you add Chase or Smith or Waddle, it Just takes take pressure off yeah. Rager, and I think it helps him, you know, achieve, you know, have a better career. Let's go to Ambler and talk to Gary. Hey, Gary. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I, I, I am on the side of the defense here uh, for the first pick, but uh, I like Sertan. I hope we can get him. I'd even move up for him. But I think the bigger picture in this draft is we have too many holes. We can't fill them with the draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's certainly going to take more guy. than one draft. It's going to take more than one draft yeah. to do it. Well, that's why I think you got to, you know, when the Eagles look at this, they got to take the next two years um, in the picture because they have so many first round draft picks where they're going to pick. Like maybe they see Sertan. Well, if he's gone, maybe they really don't like any of those receivers as a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. And maybe they you know, take somebody else and get the receiver next year. I don't know. But I really think this is a two-year process to build this team with all your first-round picks. Well, I, so yeah, to, I, I know we're focusing on this one. But, to you. Uh, yeah, it's because it's the one we've got coming up. But I, I generally agree with you. All these picks are super important for a team without young talent. Well, and Gary, to your point, because there are so many – I mean, there's really not one position they could draft besides maybe tackle, but even then I think you can make the argument where you go, why are you taking that player? You already have a stud there, right? So to your point, because they have so many holes they need to fill, you really can go best prospect. Now, personally, I think a receiver has a bigger impact, so I would I would lean that way, but there's not a player they could take at 12 where I would say, well, how's he going to get on you the field? You don't need him, right? right? You don't need that position. Yeah. No, it's Gary, yeah. good, good call and a good point. Like, look, that's why our whole thing from the jump, we talk about all these players, we talk about all these positions – the main thing that we have said consistently from the jump is no matter who they take, they just have to be good. 
Like, yeah. forget position, forget whatever. Like, they just have to hit. This pick is way too important. I mean, what's the last first-round pick? I guess Carson would be it. But the last first-round pick that came in and made an impact immediately, right? Like, Jalen Rager didn't do it. Andre yeah. Miller didn't I mean, do it. Aguilar didn't really do it. Um, the year before was Goddard. He, he was a second-round pick. Second he round was their pick. first pick. He didn't really make an impact. Yeah. Carson did because he had to play, yeah. so clearly. But they just need someone that is going to come in here and make a difference. 215-592-9494. Where do you stand on this? One more segment to go for Go Birds Radio, then leading you up to Phillies Cardinals after that. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. And again, let me remind you that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook app. My sportsbook app of choice, baseball's back, golf's in full swing. And if you sign up now, you can bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and so much more. They have an incredible offer to get you in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $500. Yes, $500. The Park Sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. You can bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, hockey, baseball, things like points, rebounds, goals, and strikeouts. You can bet on futures like NF, like uh, football over-unders and, and all these things, anything and everything. Who's going to win the title in any of these sports? You can bet on it all with the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Again, here's the deal for you. New customers only. Sign up now and get your risk get your first bet risk free up to $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com/pa and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's p a r x casino.com/pa and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's g o b i r d s. Your risk free bet is refunded in site credit. See the website for terms and conditions. You want to be a quarterback factor Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Yeah, last year we got the quarterback factor. I wonder what what Howie quote's going to make the rounds this year. Sometimes I feel bad for Howie in the way that you give a press conference, you say one thing, you know, just kind of off the cuff. It's like the gold standard, the new norm, and the next thing you know for years will be – I mean, every decision they make a quarterback now, the the term quarterback factor will will be brought up. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah, this year it's going to be – Look, we traded back, and we still got the best rusher in the draft. Defensive edge rusher in the draft. Can you believe it? Quiddy pays a guy we considered at six. <laughs> Who, whoever is taking at twelve, I, I assuming they don't trade back up, or even if they do, whatever, whatever player they take, that is going to be six. Yes, this is the guy we either we flat out wanted at six, or this is a guy we were heavily looking at for six, and they might even just say this was our guy at six. We got him at whatever. Yeah, and we added that first. Such which, a lock, yeah, which we think it'll be also interesting. I mean. Look, Howie might talk before the draft. Who knows? He traditionally does. But when he does talk, there's so much non-draft no, stuff No, buddy. On. You're right. You're you right. Know. I mean, he hasn't. Howie has not spoken since the him and Doug thing, right? Am I right about that? I don't think Oh, no, I guess with Sirianni. Excuse me. With Sir, uh, since him and Sirianni, that introductory press conference. for Well, because the Sirianni introductory was just, was just Lori and him. But I think him and Howie talked. Him and Howie had another one. I, it was after the Carson trade. After the Carson. So that's the last time Howie's spoken. So yes. there is so much stuff, all these reports, all the stuff we've been talking about. You're right, man. He's going to be like, we're talking. It's Quiddy Pay we're talking about today. Yeah. We're not, today's not about me. It's about Quiddy Pay, the old, the old Andy Reid right If there. I was Howie, and I hope he talks before. Stacey Andrews Day. 
Yeah, if I'm Howie, if you wait till after the first pick is made, you're still going to get questions about those things, but at least there's other stuff to ask you about. That, yes, right? yes. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Doylestown and talk to Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going, man? I, good. Um, hey, I think, first off, I, I think they pulled the trigger on the, on the moving back way too soon, and I think that's going to come back to bite them, which... I was with you on that, Bill. I I, I didn't understand the idea of why you had to do this a month and a half before well, the draft. You had to do it a month and a half ago or a month and a half before the draft because you had the offer of the first round pick. You don't know if that was I know, I know, but still you're also you don't know who's gonna be there at six. True. So you're they, giving they up just... potentially pits, chase, whatever. Like, is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah, we'll but see. Now but now they're that's talking they about it. moving back up again, which means somebody made a boneheaded move. So well, you know, it depends, it, though, because if you go from 6 to 12 and then you go from 12 to 9 and you end up trading, let's say, a third or a second to go from 12 to 9 and you have now an additional first next year, and I feel like I'm putting together a, a big web here, <laughs> but there is a world where you get a pick at number 8 or 9 and you have that additional first, and that's a good outcome. So it sounds like you're being optimistic instead of realistic, and the way things have gone in the past few years, what do you think the over-under is? for optimistic versus realistic. <laughs> well, if you've been listening to me this offseason, I've been on the over on optimistic, I would say. I'm not as I'm not as down on this team as, as other people are. But I, look, with draft with draft stuff, you can't really say the night of the draft if that's going to be a great pick. You can only look into the logic of it. And if you go from 6 to 12 and you get a first, and then you go from 12 to 9 and you trade a second to do it, I think ultimately you end out on top. Now, clearly, the player has to be good for all of this to work out, right? They could have taken somebody at 6, and if he's a bust – then you know that's a terrible outcome. So I think it ultimately will depend on how good the player is, but getting that extra first can't be overlooked. Having potentially three first-round picks in 2022 is huge. I know, but Elliot, you seem like you're picking spots to be optimistic versus Well, what do you disagree with me on, though? And like, what, Where am I being overly optimistic? Because you there? said if they missed on six. Well, okay, well, if they miss on nine, then the whole thing was for nothing. Right, you can make that argument with every every pick. My point more is the logic of getting a player, of getting that extra first-round pick, that is a huge asset to have acquired. So, yes, of course you need to hit on the pick, whether it's 6, 9, 12, whoever, right? But ultimately, the fact that you got that extra first is a factor in grading why they did all of this. I Well, we have to agree to disagree. I still think they pulled the trigger way too soon. Bill, good call. And that yeah, could man. be the case. Look, we look get- and that was what I said. That was my concern. But you're right. Look, I think it's look. It's very clear that that this was for Miami, the per, the team they trade with. This was an orchestrated thing. I don't think Miami makes the trade with the Niners if they don't know that they're going back up to six because they have guys they want in that range and they got and it makes sense. Look, they got an extra first round pick, gave one up to the Eagles, but got an extra one on top yes. of that from San Francisco to do that maneuver and go three spots back essentially. So they get value two out of it while giving up value to the Eagles, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins But I don't think Miami it. does that. Like, I think it was all together. It was orchestrated. That's why it all happened at the same time. So, Agreed. But that still doesn't mean it was the right decision for Howie to take that trade. Yeah, I'm not fighting with you. I'm no, not, I know. I, I know. Right. I, I mean, I think going from 6 to 12 is risky. Absolutely. But I, I think that when you talk about the decision— you you have to add that they did acquire a first round pick. I yeah, mean, that is of a, course. That is a big asset to have, to have acquired, especially for a team that is rebuilding. I mean, a few callers ago said, you know, this is a two year process. Well, having potentially three first round picks next year is massive. I mean, it's just huge for this team. So yes, 
it's going to be tougher to find a player at 12 than it is six, but having that extra first with also the option to move back up, I, I do think it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, look, again, I, as I said before, and again, it all depends on the player. Like, if they if, if it plays out the way we talked about at the beginning of the show and Kyle Pitts, or, 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 or a quarterback, excuse me, goes four, and Penny Sewell goes five, and then Kyle Pitts goes six to Miami, and Jamar Chase is sitting there at seven, and you can trade to Detroit and give up a second or something and get some sort of value, a second and a fifth, to go back up and not give up that extra first you got and still end up with Jamar Chase, then I will applaud Howie Roseman, and I will say that was great maneuvering. I just am concerned that's not going to happen. Well, I wonder, too, when they made this trade, I'm sure that they thought to, to themselves, okay, so we go down to 12, but I know that to get to eight or seven, this is what it's going to cost. Now, that price could change if it's Jamar Chase, right? So, But I, I just think ultimately all these things that we're talking about, about hypotheticals, nothing is going to catch them off guard. Anything that catches them off guard is also going to catch us off guard. All the hypotheticals we're running through are, are things they've thought of and figured out how to, what they would do in that case. All right, let's get one more call and let's go to Conchak and talk to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, baby. How's it going? Hey, what up, Mike? Yeah, man, I guess, um, Elliot, uh, I guess uh, going forward, we need to break into a little Eric Clapton after midnight. <laughs> I know. After midnight. My uh, man Mike called. We gonna Wednesday. let it all Very hang lovely. out. Yeah, it was a great pleasure talking to the week. I appreciate and, um, that. You know, I guess to wrap up last year, I, I guess we should have known it was going to be a really tough year when we basically started out being mentioned in the same breath as Hitler, you know? I mean, it, oh, yeah. it was going to be, a, you know, Jesus. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was certainly a wild year, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But anyway, here's what I... You know, I mean, I would have certainly been happy at six taking Micah Parsons, but you know, you've you've changed my mind a little bit. Uh, you know, I like the offense. I think the Pats are going to actually jump up to at least you know eight, nine, ten, and, and take Parsons for starters. Well, I think the Pats, if they jump up, are getting a quarterback. Yeah, be for Mac Jones or, or I think Justin Trey Lance, Fields. Justin Fields, one of those guys. Uh, yeah, the um, and again, you know, we talked earlier in the week. I mean, I have not totally studied Sertain, but I certainly like Horn. Uh, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and look, some know, people like some people think Horn's better, right? I, I look, yeah. Patrick Sertain is overwhelming. Or I shouldn't say overwhelming. He seems to be the favorite of the two, but there are a lot of people that like Horn better. Yeah, okay. So, again, you guys are great. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, again, forward on with upward. Let's make it a good year. And, again, uh, uh, like I talked about, I, I think another weapon for Hurts uh, would, would be a good thing. So thanks, Mike. Hey, man, yeah, we man. really appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks um, for calling in on Wednesday, too. Yeah, yeah. Look at that, you're getting your peeps. Yeah, I got some regulars it's a, now. It's, it's like, a beautiful thing. It's like when people call in for James, you know? <laughs> Was that happening? I don't know. Oh, all the time. <laughs> uh, seriously, thank you to, to that point. Thank you to everyone who called in. We literally could not do this without you. Like, you are the lifeblood of what makes this work. Yes. So thank you for that. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same place, same time. Until then, pods, of course, check them out. Echo Birds Pod on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, Anywhere you find your podcast, Go Birds is there. Elliot, uh, it's been fun today, pal. Yeah, it always is, man. It's my favorite two hours of the week. Me so, too. Excited for next week. Look, next week will be one week away. Yeah, we'll be, be less. We'll be like away. three, yeah. four. Yeah, so it, next week it's going to be real. Stick with us one to three again next week for Go Birds Radio. Until then, he's Elliot. I'm James. Thank you for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.